Hello and welcome to True Story. My name is Mike Doty. My name is Dave Holmes. Hi, Mike. And we, hey, how's it going, man? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. That's good. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Because uh, we are going through the real world homecoming series on mm-hmm. Paramount Plus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think one of the not expected by me. Uh, in in the, the 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 homecoming reunion special, one of the greatest things that has ever happened in the history of the real world entirely has happened. Uh, tell me. Um, it turns out that Becky's been communicating with the ghost of John Lennon. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big deal. That is kind of yeah. That that does jump out. That does jump out. That does. And if. If you are someone who's just listening to the podcast and not watching, yes, Becky has been communicating mm-hmm. on a Ouija board mm-hmm. with who she thinks is the ghost of John Lennon. Yes. This is a thing and that she reveals in this episode. Didn't say a word about it in the original run. They were in that loft not. for months. And she didn't say... I, rem- I do remember shots of her with a Ouija board. Right. Um... What, what? <laughs> but I did not know who she was speaking to specifically. Apparently, she was speak. She had uh, uh, communicated with a medium just before entering the loft back in 1992, and that medium indicated to her that the spirit of John Lennon uh, was hanging out with her. Oh, oh man! What are your um, thoughts as a musician? Well. Uh, so apparently, uh, according to Becky, uh, uh, John Lennon has been dictating songs to her and um my uh opinion as a musician is that i have heard some rebecca blas band recordings Mm -hmm. and uh to put it tactfully my first guess would not be that she is receiving them from john lennon Mm -hmm. from john lennon in the great beyond Mm, they don't you don't hear the influence I don't hear, yeah, I, I don't hear the the same uh, je ne sais quoi mm-hmm. that animated the, uh, oh, let's say the greatest pop songs ever written in the history of humanity. Okay, okay, so you don't buy it. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how I feel about it. I, I mean, I you know, I've had a couple p- possible experiences with the spirit world. Um, I don't know. I don't exactly know what I believe. Um, my feeling is that if if the spirit has access to the Dakota, I feel like the spirit stays in the Dakota, right? Yeah. And not early '90s Soho. It's just a better. It's just a better all around living experience. I think. Well, I think she started in an NYU dorm, which oh, I, I can't imagine. John Lennon wanting to go into the dorms. Yeah. At NYU. Yeah. No, I don't. Not, uh, not something I can picture. No, no, me either. Me either. I um, didn't. I, long ago, back in the back in the late nineties, when I uh, lived in New York, I was approaching thirty, and I and I uh, I picked somebody up in a bar, and we uh, you know we, we smooched on the corner, and I had a bunch of roommates at the time, and I wasn't. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to. Um, bring somebody home or like whatever. And uh, and this guy was like, we can go to my place. I live in the dorms. And I was oh. like, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't no. think that I can do that. And I'm no. I'm just me. I'm not a I'm not 
the spirit of a beetle. So, um, <laughs> yes, indeed. yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I buy it, but certainly, uh, the spirit of John Lennon, uh, does hang over episode two, uh, fairly, fairly strongly. It was, it was a packed episode. It was a packed episode. And, uh, just, just, just one more thing about yeah. uh, Becky and John Lennon mm. is she keeps insisting that it's not a big deal because she's not a Beatles fan and that she just <sighs> she's, she's just some some guy. Yeah. You know, which is like it's great, you know, for a very famous person, I'm sure, to be, you know, dealt with as just a normal average Joe. But oh, she's very sake. insistent that it's, she's not like trying to cop an attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Just. It's just a good friend that happens to be the greatest songwriter in the history of popular she's, songs. Yeah, she's, she takes great pains to, to point out that she is not star ghost struck. <laughs> oh, and that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, episode two, truly, um, I, you know, I was concerned that we would not be able to wring six episodes of drama out of this long weekend. Episode two tells us we need not worry. Yes. Um, um, we start with with Eric in his hotel room, uh, in his COVID exile. Um, he has been trying to beat COVID with superfoods, B12, and green juices. Yes, indeed, which I love. I love Absolutely that, too. Love that. I love that, too. Um, th- we begin, you know, right away with suspense and drama because he is getting daily COVID tests with the idea that he might eventually test negative and move back into the house. Um, so there's... And... Go ahead. On video, uh, simulcast to the loft, uh-huh. as the the, the 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 medical attendant puts the swab in his nose, yeah. Heather yells out, get it, daddy. Get it, daddy. Get it, daddy. Which I love. It, I did, too. I did, too. I want Heather. I want a Heather in my life at all times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, truly true. the most dramatic nasal swab in real world history um, <laughs> takes place. Uh, and although the, the gang urges him to stay positive, but test negative. Yes, um, which was a great line. It's a great line. Great line. Unfortunately. And a Heather line, I believe. Yeah. Heather's given Another us all Heather. the best lines. Yep. Uh, always. Yeah. But guess what? Doesn't work. He tests positive. He's going to have to continue yeah. with his relationship with the coronavirus. He has a relationship with the virus and he takes a nice bath because he's going to freeze it out. He's um, yeah, he's he's definitely um, he's he's a wellness guy. God bless him (laughs) through and through. (laughs) Middle aged Eric is a wellness guy, a wellness guy. Um, We also uh, not only do we get um, potentially an appearance from John Lennon's ghost, we get a definite appearance from Norman's bear behind. Holy crud. Yes. Take it away, Mike. You, clearly, you've got. We feelings. have. <laughs> I mean, the, it was. I guess it was the dream of Bunim Murray from day one is actual ass on screen and yep. Norman's ass mm-hmm. as he takes a shower, tries to uh, uh, figure out how the shower in the loft works. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which probably is just some janky office shower that no one's ever used because yeah. they rapidly converted this this uh office space into a loft again yeah um yeah and he is just he is just naked as fuck he's absolutely we butt could, naked and yeah. uh and we love to see it i mean i think he almost more than any other almost more than eric 
would like to show off uh, his bottom. I, I feel as though he's been waiting for this moment since 1992, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for us. Yes, indeed. And he's got he's got a a, a, a dad bod. Yeah. In you know sort mm-hmm. of upper quintile of dad bods. Yeah. I would say he's doing great. Nice ass for it's a fifty ass. year old man. It's a great yeah. ass for a fifty year old man. Yeah. I'd kill for an ass like that. Um, between the shower and the banging radiator in the common living area, uh, a thing that we learn about New York City in this episode is that even though things have changed. And now New York City is strictly for billionaires and Russian oligarchs and, you know, oil barons to buy up apartment buildings to keep their motorcycles in and all that right. kind of shit. And like, you know, 11 billion story condo, ugly Dubai ass buildings. Um, mm-hmm. It still fucking sucks to live there. It's still a terrible place <laughs> to live. The quality of life is absolutely abysmal. Um, and yeah, that, that, this episode reminded me that even though I am nostalgic for New York city, there's no fucking way. Well, the, the bang, the banging radiator is a very particular New York motif mm-hmm. that I had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that and, uh, and the, 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 the competition over who gets the good room mm. in the loft mm. Um, which instantly fucking Becky gets, mm-hmm. which I think she just seized it. Yeah, she grabbed it. This is a this is a big Becky episode, and oh Becky, I mean, so Becky is now, oh god. So I knew shit was gonna go bad when right after the John Lennon thing, mm-hmm. she talks about her teacher who was, uh, she's she's like, oh, he's an astrophysicist and an energy healer or something. Mm-hmm. And when any <laughs> when anybody puts something like astrophysicist, uh, in, in, you know, in in tandem with with a medical uh, term, that's bad news. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. She is just New Mexico as fuck. And, the uh, most New Mexico. The oh my God. most New Mexico. And the 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 indication that I get about her, the things that she is studying and or teaching. Is that it's Eric's lifestyle, but with equations on a whiteboard. Yes, indeed. And without the uh, kind of uh, awesome personal vibe that Eric seems to have uh, gained. Yeah. From, yeah. Apologies for the dog. Um, yeah. Um, it's also a great episode for Kevin and Heather. I think, yeah. because we never really got yeah. to see them together. I mean, I'm sure right. we did a time or two in, in the original series, but the two of them get to sit down and talk about how their lives have changed and how they were represented on the show. Um, right. And and it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, uh, Heather had a lot of the same things to say as Kevin did back then, but they were received very differently. She got to be the cool black girl, and he was the angry black man. Right. Right, he was the angry black man, um, people. And, yeah, uh, you know. By the way, so as a sober person, I can't tell you for sure, but I kind of heard some of the sober jargon. Oh, really? Coming from Kevin. Okay. Yeah, we know we know that he's sober. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, he talks about his drinking, but there's like there's some words in there that I was like, oh, you are 
you are of the thing. Mm-hmm. You are like of what? the secret society. Like what? Uh, you know what? I don't I don't want to get into it because okay. I don't you know it's like it's like kind it's like secret society stuff. Okay. Um but I think um yeah, I I, I, I would I I think uh he might he might be in the thing, in the same thing. Yeah. Right I mean you think he yeah. says he's in the thing, right? He doesn't say he's in the oh, thing. He right. says he's sober. I got you. And okay. I don't think he actually uses the word sober. Right. Um, but the way he speaks about drinking, um, and the way I I, I, I don't want to get into it because okay. I don't, you know it's okay. it's 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 kind of prying, and maybe I shouldn't even be talking about it now. Whatever. You know. I'm okay. Fucking break breaking the anonymity of a person I've never met mm-hmm. uh, and know nothing about. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that was the impression that I got as well. So, yeah, he's putting it out there. Tupac, the ghost of Tupac makes an appearance. Yes. Big fan of Real World Season 1, apparently. Yes, indeed. And a good friend of Kevin Powell's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it just just makes sense because everybody was watching that fucking show. Of course. I mean, everybody in the universe was watching that fucking show. And actually, Kevin does make reference to the marathons. Which is how I think uh, predominantly we all got into it was was, you know, those like, you know, every single episode running for 10 hours straight. Yeah. Marathons. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, if you're killing a lot of time in hotel rooms on tour, Mm -hmm. as Tupac no doubt was, Mm -hmm. you're going to switch that shit on and watch Mm -hmm. it all day. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a. Chicken breast from room service and watch all damn watch day. all damn day. Now I would watch like I I was introduced to the show when it was on week by week. The show is etched on my memory line for line because of the marathons that I would watch. Right, every time, literally every time. Yeah. If they were showing all of uh, them, I would watch all of them. Yeah, and you know, and several seasons, you know, I think I've seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. Yeah, I you know it's why I'm uh, it's why I'm still trying to make break out happen. Break out, <laughs> break out, break out. I still don't quite understand the usage of break out. It's just like get out of here, break out, break out. Really? Yeah. I thought it was just like that's super great. Break out. It could be. I think maybe that was the swing out sister approach oh, to break okay. out. But okay. I think Heather's is like, get out. Not not like I don't like you. Get out of here. But like what you're telling me is unbelievable. Break out. Get, get out of town. Yeah, get Break out of town. Out. Get out of town. Break out. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and use it. I'm really going to try and use it. You know what else I'm going to try to use? This is Break a modern thing. I'm trying to. I want to. I want to. Uh, I I, like I want to have the the fluency of youth with uh, the word rinsed. Like if somebody just gets like abused terribly. Like oh. Ted Cruz at an airport got fucking rinsed. I want I want to be able to use that, but it's I feel like an old guy trying to use a young guy's vernacular. Well, it, but I'm really trying. Back in in like sort of my going to raves in Britain days, a rinse was like a really great track or a really great set. A rinse. Yeah, a rinse. Ooh, I like that. I like that too. Yeah, that's, wow. that's pretty. It's a very peculiar word to use in that. Um in that context like why rinse yeah yeah i don't know but i like it i like it it's just a fun word color factory now back before covid um a person might go with their friends 
to a multimedia art installation experience like Color Factory right. and maybe jump into a ball pit where all the balls are the same color of sky blue and jump in <laughs> and have a friend do it on boomerang. So you'd be jumping right. in and then coming back out and then jump back in and coming back out. Right. And, uh, and they would put it on their Instagram story. Now, uh, this kind of behavior is uh, unsanitary. It's a recipe for death. It is, it is fully, yeah. Um, yeah, a night in a bathhouse. And uh, for somehow, I guess they Purelled Color Factory and, uh, and allowed the housemates to jump around I in some ball know, pits. It's a, it was like a small, it was like a breakout unit. No, it, no reference um, intended. Okay. Right. You know, it was like, it was like Norman, uh, Norman, Becky, and uh, Julie, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I don't know that it got us much. I, I mean, it just, it, 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 it got me, you know, ever more uh, incredulous that they have things like that in lower Manhattan now. These yeah. kind of like weird tourist sites, these like scrubbed up uh, experiences for yeah. uh, visitors. Yeah. Well, that's what New York is now. It's just all Times Square. Oh, God. It's all Mars 2112. Oh! Yeah, you heard me. You heard yes. me. Yes. Did you ever go? Oh, I totally went. Our, our friend Kelly Sue. Yeah. That was her spot. Oh. Yeah. It was, wasn't always, it? Yeah. Yeah. She would always, like, invite people to meet her at... at yeah, uh, that's right. Holy shit. I forgot that she legitimately, genuinely, unironically yes. loved that place. Yes. Yes. Wow. And uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty great place. Of it all was, the places in New York City to pick to get shit faced. It was a great place. You had to ride a spaceship to get there. Now, for those well, they who, had they actually put in a special door so you didn't have to go through this. You the didn't have ride. to. You didn't have to. But you had to. Yeah. You felt well, like I, I always did anyway. Of course, yeah, I, I, I loved yeah, it. I yeah. felt I felt ripped off that I only got to do it once. For those who never went to Mars Twenty One Twelve, it was a big theme restaurant just north of Times Square in New York City, um, and and it was like it was Mars themed, and it was so annoying. And in order to walk in, you had to go on this like mo. It actually, I don't think it actually moved, but it was one of these things no, where it was like not. eight seats. And a screen, and it was like the screen yeah. was big enough that it it felt like a like a spaceship right. to Mars. Like they have one of those a great adventure. Yeah, like, you yeah. Know, it just sort of looks, you know, it's like it's like a a panorama screen, and you know, yeah. They they do like an airline flight to Mars, and you lift up over the city, yeah. And then you know, ten minutes later, they set you down, and then you then you can walk into the bar and you start getting shit faced drunk. Yeah, and with, it was a with characters. Bar. Yeah, it was a bar. Yes. It was a bar and restaurant. I don't think I it ever was a ate bar. There. <laughs> yeah, um, get your Martian uh, chicken tenders or whatever. Kelly uh, Sue would always ask some somebody in an alien costume if that counted as points towards their SAG card. Oh, and did it? Was that I more of an equity think, deal? Oh yeah, equi I guess equity would be the the, mm. the thing with. Uh, so that perhaps that's what she asked. But Who no, knows? none of them ever broke character. They just oh, of course sat not. there with their you know alien head on. Trade unions. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have those on Mars. I should have done that. I should have been one of those costume players. Um, okay, so it's happy hour. Heather, yes, embraces a happy hour. 
and make some very complicated drinks. Make some very complicated drinks. I will need a recipe. If we're going to make this a 2021 fully 360 interactive experience, they're going to need to come at me with a recipe for roommate juice or whatever it is she calls it. Um, uh, she calls it cooch. Cooch, that's right. Cooch. That's right. Cooch. Which is Swirl Norman's cooch. word for couch. And then the drink becomes cooch. Cooch. Which is just delightful. Really. Yeah. There's no... It's just fun. Oh, also, finally, for the first time, we uh, we get to see Heather at work at SiriusXM. She has brought her uh, her mobile recording unit, which mine is is right here to my left. I am in the middle of recording my show uh, for tonight on the Spectrum. Um, so she uh, she records her show from the loft. Um, she tells us that she does uh, three shows a day, which she does. She's on in the morning on Shade Forty Five. Um, yeah. I forget what, uh, then she's got the happy hour with Heather B on, I don't know if it's the groove or the heat or what it is, but, um, <laughs> but something in the afternoon, that's fantastic. And then she's got another show after that. So she is literally on the air all day long. She's so much six fun. Hours, she's like on air six hours. She's on forever. Um, yeah. and she says she took a big bite because Whoopi Goldberg uh, yes. Made a visit to the studio, and okay. So let me. Have you? You've been to Sirius XM in New York, I assume, right? I have. Yeah, yeah. I have. So the uh, the New York studios, I love. Well, I, who knows if they'll ever be the same? But I used to love going there um, because I do like one show a week, and I can do it from the when I'm in New York. I'll just go and use their studios. But they, um, it's you know they've got a bajillion stations, and it's pop and rock and country and R and B and and then you know news and and fucking left-wing yelling people and right-wing yelling people and right. whatever. And so it's all right. there. So every day there are like 20 guests who are appearing on one station or another. And so you never know who you're going to see in the lobby. Um, like you'll be there and it's like, oh, there's, um, you know, there's Barack Obama and there's Suzanne Summers and there's, right. you know, uh, Carney Wilson. And, uh, and it's, you just never know who you're going to see. And then, for me, I love to roam the halls of the talk uh, stations because I know some of the hosts and the, the they're wide open. It's like big floor to ceiling windows and everyone is always desperate for someone to help fill the time, right? Oh, really? Yeah, because talk radio, you, you can only take so many callers. There's all, you know, right. you're always looking to fill some time. You always want to have more than you need. And, uh, oh. and so I would just like, that would be my thing. I would go and I, it would be like the red light district. I would just walk the halls <laughs> and wait for like Andy Cohen to wave me in or John Fugelsang or Michelle Collins wow. or whatever. Uh, Karen Hunter on urban view. Like they're, they're just everybody's sway. Like the, you know, it's kind of a small community and they, everybody wants anyway. So, uh, Heather B this was doing is her show. Fascinating tale, by the way. Well, I mean, this it was just an inside view. Oh God, it was so much fun, and I hope I hope that it comes back. But uh, uh, Heather was doing her morning show on uh, Sway in the Morning uh, on Shade Forty Five, and Whoopi Goldberg passed by, and and I guess apparently just in a very regal way said, "We would like we would like to be allowed entrance," and uh, and so they let her in, and she hung out. And then, uh, and then apparently Whoopi was like, you, 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 this is what you do. You should do more of this. Like, it's clear that you love doing this. If you could do anything you wanted to do for, uh, for a dollar, for a dollar a day, for a dollar a day. Yeah. If you do something for a dollar a day, what would it be? It would be this. So Whoopi was like, take a bigger bite. And so she did. So now she's just literally on Sirius XM, even in her sleep. 
Well, her uh, Heather's recounting is that uh, Whoopi Goldberg felt some sort of uh, unique, powerful energy emanating from the mm-hmm. studio mm-hmm. and was drawn in. Mm. But I think maybe Whoopi Goldberg had actually watched a few marathons of the real world. That's probably true. And was like, maybe I should go in and, you know, say hello to one of the most uh, um, uh, r- compelling characters in the history of the real world. Yeah, that's true. That's probably what that was. Yes. A lot of, yeah. lot of big celebrities in this episode and a lot of hippy-dippy energy. Oh, God. I mean, ah. Uh, I mean, we gotta we we gotta get into the shitty parts of Becky. Um, I mean, you know, I, I I've been holding back, but I think it's time we dive in. We did. I mean, we didn't want to jump into it because it's super bummer town. But yeah. yeah, Becky is the white person who is very, 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 very insistent that they're not a racist and won't yeah. take a moment. Yeah to allow an African-American person to talk about their experiences with racism. Yeah. And just as Kevin's talking about it, she just feels like jumping right in at every pause and every non-pause and talking about how she's not racist. She's not waiting for a pause. Oh, yeah. The the cutting off was like the most painful part. Okay. So, yeah. So they play. Okay, now, now that we're... In the future, now that it's not 1992 anymore. There's a, a big flat screen TV in the living area. And the producers, like it's The Circle. Do you ever watch The Circle? <laughs> oh, I totally want. I love The Circle. I fucking love The Circle so much. Um, so the producers can like send messages to the cast and play them videos and whatever. So they do that. It's a special, right. uh, special message. Uh, Eric is there via somebody's iPhone. And what they do is they replay the original argument between Kevin and Becky from 1992 about racism, where she essentially is like, just won't accept his lived experience as valid. Just won't. Right. Right. Which is, I don't know if defensible is the word, but not, not par for the course yeah. for a 19-year-old who has no experience of people with lives different from them. Right. However, as a 50-year-old woman, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, and, and, you know, it wasn't like, here, a key difference between uh, 92 and now is every other roommate is looking on in horror. Absolute horror. Absolute horror. Yeah. Um, the ghost of John Lennon is like shush <laughs> so the her her take on it so like they they talk they talk about talking about it and um and and everyone kind of agrees that it's like that was unpleasant that was uncomfortable but it's good that right. that conversation happened because then people right. watching it could have some version of that conversation and and so it was a healthy thing culturally right that's sort of what they're talking about right. and then and then Becky's take is basically like i'm really glad that we explored the idea of systemic racism within american society and how everybody plays a part in it in in like you know keeping it going right but 
also I'm nice to black people, so I don't. So oh, so keep oh. me out of it, right? So painful. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it worked- like has not learned a thing. Yeah, and it was so uh, a conversation that could have that. that that could have happened back. It was so retrograde. Unbelievable. Uh, like in its yeah. thinking. Yeah. And now, no. you know, yeah. Now it is so obvious, like, Oh, you're being an asshole. You're just being an asshole. Yeah. Um, where, as Not you said, in her. 1992, it's, it's, you know, that was the way that we spoke about these things and it's uncomfortable to watch, whatever in 2021, surely we're smarter than that. Oh, God. I mean, just, like, smart enough to shut the fuck up oh, for five minutes. Yeah. And just, like, let it go. I yeah. mean, you know, I, 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 it was so, and, you know, there were some amusing cuts to eye rolls. Uh, yeah. Very amusing Eric Knee's uh, eye roll. Um, excellent Heather B. eye roll. And then it just was, like, looks of absolute horror from every single cast member yeah and yeah yeah i I mean i think that i think that there's when they do this same same thing uh with uh julie and then uh kevin and julie yelling at each other outside Mm -hmm. um i i i oh i mean oh julie don't break my heart julie don't break my heart like have a I have a human reaction. I have to believe that she will. I mean, it's it's clear that she is teaching her kids better, right? You know, the, the children, as we learned in episode one, are very proactive about, you know, civil rights and racial equality right. and all that. So I, I do, I believe that she has moved. Uh, I just think Becky is thinks of herself as so enlightened that she doesn't need to change. Oh, wow. Um, I mean... I just, you know, when you when you call your guru an astrophysicist mm-hmm. and healer, mm-hmm. I it just was like, you know, on the heels of I've been speaking to the spirit of John Lennon for the past thirty years, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, John Lennon has written these songs, and then fi- the the best thing was like, and then he had to say goodbye to her, so he wrote her like a goodbye song. <sighs> I know it's amazing. It's uh, it's um, it's amazing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I don't. Um, there really was no villain in the original season of the real world. There was no, they did not know to cast a villain yet. They they didn't, they didn't put a puck in there. Right. But now for the homecoming, uh, I think they see the value in having a little bit of a villain and boy, did they get lucky with fucking Becky. Oh, well, I mean, I don't think they asked Becky. I don't think, I mean, I don't know how you would script that No, no, I don't think that they did, but I just think it's like they they have to have been wanting a bit of drama. And because you can only, you know, watch people tell each other how much they miss each other for so long. So you know that they were hoping for some degree of drama. And Becky, just by being... Uh, just just by being frustratingly certain that she cannot be wrong or cannot be racist is uh it well it sticks out it's deeply disappointing um and uh yeah man i i I just i just hope hope julie's conversation with kevin when they when they bring it up i think it'll have to be more it'll have to be better it'll have to be better but yeah, yeah truly i mean base i don't think she actually says this 
But the way that she talks is basically like, I like black people. So, right. and like when I see some that are acting nice, I say, I tell them or whatever. It's oh, like, oh. no, no. You know what I mean? Like I mean, it's that it, kind of thing where it's just, you know, I think some the of them are that nice. That, that she Ugh. makes it about her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is so infuriating. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that like, like this is not about you. You know, even even if the the context is this old conversation, like the discussion of racism is not a discussion of, you know, whether or not Becky is a good person. Right. I will say this. Um, If anybody is going to have to be the villain. I'm not saying I'm glad it was Becky, but I'm glad it wasn't anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, because we've had this sort of sword of Damocles hints in the in the teasers that, you know, there's going to be somebody who, uh, who who takes a villainesque role. And oh, my God, I'm I'm you know, if there's anybody I'd throw under the bus, mm-hmm. uh, it, it would be Becky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. I'm yeah, I don't I don't like it any more than you do. I don't like it any more than you do. <laughs> but uh, but here we are. Yeah, it's it's truly it is so fucking frustrating to watch also like through the conversation she's doing a little like she's she's talking kind of melodically at the beginning did you notice that melodically she's doing a little like um well all right i'm glad we had that talk honey or whatever like there's a touch of that at the very beginning yeah it's weird it's weird i mean there's the there's her calling kevin honey in the original yeah um, I mean, I I would be perfectly satisfied with the with the whole conversation if she was like, dude, it was so fucked up for me to call you honey. Yeah, like I, like that would that would be plenty. Yeah, that would be plenty. Yeah. Oh man, it's it. So. W- the the frustrating thing is that what I think we culturally the the conclusion that we have culturally reached right is that racism is a structural and systemic issue. That right. everybody participates in, and and it, yes. it and it's your choice in knowing that is to it's like with therapy, you know, as situations arise, now it's like the pattern is right there in front of you. It's at the conscious level. You can observe it, you can see it, and then you can make a choice. You can either right. do as you've been doing, or you can make right. a new choice. Right? That's what we're doing collectively. Right? And it's right. it's not like everybody participates in systemic racism is not the same thing as you personally are a racist. It's just like you're participating in this thing. And that's the point he's trying to make. She she can only hear you personally are a racist, which is Uh, just not, that's just not that. I mean, come on. So generous, like so generous um, about, you know, like, I just want people to understand. I want people to ask questions. Right. You know, I'm trying to empathize with people. Like, oh, my God. And, yeah, and uh. it's like, there are flashes of that smile that he has to smile in 1992, where it's like there's no happiness in the eyes. It's just like a smile, and he's just like, uh. I'm about to have to say something that someone is going to find harsh, and so in order to not come off as aggressive, I have to smile like that right. still hasn't changed. Right. It's fucking I, rough. I find I, I, you know, I don't know if Kevin says it or someone else says it, but 
that had never happened in the history of television. You know, a black man yelling at a white woman. Right. It, yeah. It was it. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was a a signal event. Yeah. It was. Um, it might have been a little different if we knew that Becky believed she was receiving communications <laughs> from John Lennon. Yeah. I think I think it would have been harder to edit that conversation in quite the same way. Yeah. Uh, if we had uh, access to that, yeah, I'm going to say rather loopy belief mm -hmm. that uh, you know, and you know, if you believe in the spirit world. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of believe in the spirit world. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how many times I can say that I don't believe, having heard the songs, that that was mm -hmm. really John Lennon's work. Yeah. Also, Andre's reaction to the John Lennon thing is truly great. He's Because he's like, I don't think that John Lennon is going <laughs> to hang out he doesn't say it to her. He says it like in the interview or confessional or whatever. But right. and I and I don't know whether he means like John Lennon was notoriously not real great with women, or oh, well that's a thing. Or yeah. if it just like you know, I've heard your <laughs> shit and I don't. I think he might have. Here I am, John Lennon, roaming around the universe, and yeah. I pick Becky. Yeah, maybe he thought she was Suzanne Vega. I don't know. Oh, uh, wow. Anyway. All right. Um, so, Eric, uh, Eric is watching all of this from a safe uh, distance in a hotel room. He's got to be psyched about that. Um, he's he's taking ice baths. He's giving himself vitamins. Whether he will ever test negative, we don't know. But we certainly I mean, if he does, like, like the whole thing took like a week, right? I think so, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So here was my favorite old person moment oh boy. of the show was talking about how poorly Norman slept. It took you back, didn't it? It really, like, because that was not something that I talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or it was not an issue in my life when I was 22 years old. Is yeah. like, I got a bad night's sleep. Yeah. I always got a good, and that is the thing that if there's anything that's shitty about getting older, it's like the quality of sleep issue is so irritating. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. rough. It's rough. Yeah. I have, uh, I now have, you know, I got my dumb Apple watch and I got this thing called a whoop. It's like a activity tracker kind of a thing. So the first right. thing I do when I wake up is like, check my numbers. How did I do? How did I sleep? Oh, and, and it's like, you know, if I get a bad sleep score, I'm mad. I didn't fucking yeah. do anything about it. I didn't actively choose to have a bad night's sleep. Well, I have a CPAP machine. Do you now? Yes, I do. And I think Norman needs one. We got okay. we got a cut of uh of of him uh him snoring and I think I think that's a man who may may need himself a CPAP machine. Yeah. Um I love my CPAP machine. Um I, hear I think this is the first time I've ever spoken publicly about my CPAP machine. Are you coming out? Uh I'm, I'm coming out as a CPAP Safe man. space for you, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love God. it. My favorite moment uh, was Julie, drunk as fuck, in the confessional, just oh. reading every city in the world that is not New York. Um, yeah, and, re and be in being like, 
uh, other casts. Fuck you and your bullshit cities. And your bullshit and, cities. Oh, I mean, so not good. only just like New York is the best, but also like if you were on this show in another city, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You should have just I gone mean, to New York and had them meet you there. Fuck you. What we would not have done back then to hear Julie from the real world yell fuck you. Oh. Give the finger to the camera. I mean, we've never we've never seen this side of her before, Mike. No. And clearly it was always there. Yeah. Just beneath yeah. the surface. It was always there. It from felt, the moment she yeah. said but. Oh, she's been waiting for this moment. You know that it's been it's been it's been needing to come out for a long, long time. Fuck you, other cities. Yeah, dude. Fuck you. Um Oh god, that was good. Little little thought for Kevin as the sober guy mm-hmm. having to deal with the drunk people. Mm. Because uh as a sober person, I like going out with people that are getting drunk, but mm-hmm. at a certain point they just live on planet drunk and there's not a lot of communication between your planet and theirs, yeah. and he had to sleep there. He had to sleep in that room, in that house. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? He's uh, he's strong. He's keeping it together. He's strong. He's, strong. he's forgiving. And he's yeah. holding it together. So there's a, there's a sequence, and I don't remember what they were talking about, where Julie's talking to Heather, and Julie goes, oh, my God, that camera is still rolling. Yes. What were they talking about? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. They actually seem to. It actually seems to sober them up for a second. It does. They 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 do not. They had not been thinking about the camera being on. Yeah, but they've learned something in the intervening years. I mean, they didn't. They didn't learn it until they'd already said some some tea spilling stuff about. Whoever they were talking about. Yeah. Um, but they learned. Man. But they learned. They learned. It's important and they we learned. Um, I enjoyed uh, Eric's um, attempts to beat COVID-19 being set to Can I Kick It? By a tribe <laughs> called Quest. Oh, well, I mean, I just enjoyed the press. I mean, it was just it was a countdown to when we're going to hear Can I Kick It? Yeah. I mean, if there is a, a 1992-er song in the world... Mm. Um, no, actually, that was an eighty nine. That was eighty nine. No, that was eighty nine. But, but it, sorry, I'm I'm a Tribal Quest fan. Same. Uh, but I mean, it was it it was bound to to show up. It of is course. so New York in that era. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, but alas, uh, at least so far, he cannot kick it. Yeah. <laughs> cannot kick this virus. Can't do it with uh, all the superfoods in the world. God bless oh my him. God. Uh, so I, you know, now, now I, I, I think, I think it's fairly clear that it is Becky who storms off. Um, uh, so I guess we'll we see. Don't know. When, we I'm don't know, not... but now, now I, I, she is my main suspect. I mean, if it's Kevin that storms off, I'm going to be so sad. I hope not. So God sad. Almighty, I hope not. I don't know. Th- no, I don't think they'll allow it. I don't think they'll allow it. The house will come together. The ghost well, of John Lennon Norman will stand in his way. Like, isn't Norman like in touch with Becky? Doesn't he say something about how they've 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 cultivated a a, a, a friendship or something? Or is that Julie? I don't know. I don't know. I know that they all say that she's just kind of a nomad now. She's fully Frances McDormand in a in a van, just kind of uh, popping up yeah. wherever. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so she is in New Mexico for now, but who knows where she'll be later. And yeah, I think it is Norman who, who is who keeps in touch with her the most. Right. So who knows? As if you can maintain a, well, I mean, surely there's more to her than, than that stupid-ass conversation. <sighs> but uh, who knows? It's, yeah. I've heard you know. and seen enough. Um, <laughs> all right, well, that is that is it for episode two. It was uh, it was an emotional roller coaster. It was a, a spiritual roller coaster. It was. It, it was it was drama. I don't know if it's gonna if if they're gonna be able to do this in every show, but I I don't know how I don't know if I'm happy or unhappy that the show is not simply going to be them talking about how awesome it is to see each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. I would watch that show. I would watch six episodes of that. Yeah. yeah. It would be life closure for me to, just, be. to just watch six hours of pure healing vibes. Yeah, it would be uplifting. I would watch yeah, that. Indeed. Um, by the way, um, Amaya from Real World Hawaii <gasps> indicated on Twitter that, and this was months ago, that she had been approached by Buna Murray about doing a no. reunion of Hawaii. So it's possible that this will become its own series and they will reunite wow. later casts. Um, I hope they don't go in order. I don't give a shit about anybody in uh, season two. And they'll never get Aaron and they'll never get uh, Dimitri or whatever, Dominic. Um, right. So, Wait, why not? Yeah. Oh, because they notori- immediately were like, we're finished with this and never went to a single reunion and like they, they closed the door on it immediately afterwards. Well, Irene from Seattle is the is the great uh, 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 denier. Mm-hmm. I mean, she and I, you know, I read a bunch of the things she's written about it, and it's uh, she makes a compelling case for it being a shitty thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Seattle's not going to happen. Hawaii. I I believe we've discussed Hawaii, and you're not a Hawaii guy. I, yeah, no, I just never watched it. I just never, it, I didn't care. Oh, man. It was the first one that I just didn't care about. Hawaii um, was, was the one where people just started getting naked and jumping in the pool. Immediately, yeah. And I, thus it was a, it was a harbinger of, of, uh, of decadence mm-hmm. that would eventually lead us to the Vegas season. Which yeah. Would be the where true crumbling of the empire fully went off the rails. Um, yeah, I never really, I don't think I wa- ever watched a full episode of Hawaii, but certainly in the day I did work with tech Holmes a lot. Um, oh, you did. Yeah. They brought him around a bunch. He hosted some things here and there in like 99 and 2000. Um, and he was great. Wow. He was great. Um, and then Amaya later, I got to know cause she moved to LA and started taking like improv classes at the theater where I performed. Mm-hmm. So I, she changed her look completely, and you wouldn't know it was her unless she told you. And she didn't tell too many people. Um, but yeah, I got to know her a little bit later. Uh, she's lovely, but she apparently has no interest in repeating her real-world experience. So. Well, I, it's when, when you look at somebody who was famous in a different era, mm-hmm. when I look at someone who was famous in a different era, I always wonder, what was the point where they were no longer a famous person. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the point at which, you know, being a cast member of the real world was a meaningless statement? Yeah. I don't. So, what are your thoughts? 
I don't know, man. Like it's 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 the terror of of the young. You know, yeah. we're all afraid of of being considered uh, irrelevant by young people. I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, all all I gotta say is like I'll always I'll always love you, Maya. I'll yeah. always love you, Tech. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'll always love you, Irene. Sure. Your yeah. your uh, your your um, uh, uh, heretical statements. Notwithstanding, I will always love you, Irene. I bet they could get her back. I bet they could get her back. Maybe not, but I bet they could. I bet the rest would show up. Oh, well, the Seattle. rest would definitely show up. Yeah. Oh, the rest of Seattle would definitely show up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you want to talk about some secret society? I believe Nathan Blackburn is now like a full-time like recovery guy. Yes. Yes, I believe he is. I've I've looked at his. I believe you sent me a link to his. Yes, his uh, facilities website. Yeah. He looks good, and I uh, and I occasionally have coffee with uh, with Dave with David uh, from the uh, Seattle. Do you cast. really? I do yeah. Once in a blue moon, he's uh, he's out here. He works for the Onion. He's like a. Uh, he works for the Onion. He works for the Onion. He's like a, a like a business marketing partnerships guy or whatever. He has one of those like media jobs that you can't quite uh, explain, but he lives Holy in shit. Palos Verdes and, uh, and, and still looks fantastic. Salt and pepper now. How's his hairline? Mm. Oh, strong. Very strong. Strong? Strong, strong hairline? Strong hairline. Strong All right. Hairline. I don't know how I feel about that, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong hairline. He's looking good. Um, we would be remiss um, if we did not thank, because we, we forgot to do this in episode one, uh, to thank Jason Smith and Dustin Martin formerly of Feral Audio. True Storey was um, <laughs> a thing that uh, we did with Feral Audio uh, back in the day, which meant that we recorded it and sent it to them and then they put it on, they did, they published it or whatever to it. Um, when they we decided- the work portion of this. They did the, yeah. So, and then, so when I, we decided to do more, I was like, I don't know how, and I don't know where they are. <laughs> and I don't, I didn't remember really how it had all gone down. So, um so I, I tracked down Dustin on Twitter and uh, and asked him and he um, sent me on to, to Jason Smith and the two of them um, helped us. Like, and I truly, my level of questions was like my dad telling me problems he was having uh, with his laptop. Nice. Like I was full, like my question was like, how do we make it be on <laughs> people's ears? Like I had no idea how to say anything so but they they like got our feed gave it to us we now put it up on anchor they uh awesome. helped us steer the ship jason smith dustin awesome. martin feral audio uh Thanks, RIP. thank you so much uh we will be back next week um we'll be back and i'll just be sitting here uh, the whole time hoping that that it's not kevin that walks out yeah same i'm gonna uh spend seven full days swirling the cooch and i'll see you in a week <laughs> all right dave see you soon peace baby <laughs>